Well, good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Janice M and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Today's Monday, it's November 7th, 2016. Today we're reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We're in chapter 11, a vision for you. And we're gonna begin reading um, on page 160. The second paragraph is going to be read for context, and we'll get our comments ready for the last paragraph, which is paragraph three, uh, ending on page 161, the loving and all-powerful creator. Today's readers are for the 12 OA steps, Esther F., the 12 Overeaters Anonymous Traditions, Becky B., and our readers for the text today will be Rebecca F., Lisa B. and Carmela G. Now the reference number for yesterday, Sunday, our special edition at 8.30, that was November 6th, 2016, is 9238. That's 9238, a um, great um, uh, edition by Kim G., a recovered compulsive overeater, going through chapter six, steps five through 11 into action. Okay, our Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Esther F. to please read the 12 Steps of OA. Good morning, everyone. This is Esther F., a recovered compulsive overeater from Cleveland, Ohio. The 12 Steps. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrong. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, 
continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service, and I pass. And thank you, Esther F. I will now ask Becky B. to please read the 12 Overeaters Anonymous Traditions. Good morning. This is Becky B., a recovering compulsive overeater from Southeast Kansas. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. These problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than for promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities and thank you for letting me do service and I pass. And thank you, Becky B. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then we stop and share in what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. Now to share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. And in order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Well, today we resume our study in the big book on page 160. We're going to read that second paragraph for context, and we're going to continue reading the next paragraph for our comments, which is the last paragraph on page 160. 
I will now ask, please, Rebecca F. to begin reading for us. Good morning, Janice. Good morning, A Vision for You. This is Rebecca F. from Connecticut. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Many a man, yet dazed from his hospital experience, has stepped over the threshold of that home into freedom. Many an alcoholic who entered there came away with an answer. He succumbed to that gay crowd inside who laughed at their own misfortunes and understood his. Impressed by those who visited him at the hospital, he capitulated entirely when, later, in an upper room of this house, he heard the story of some man whose experience closely tallied with his own. The expression on the faces of the women, that indefinable something in the eyes of the men, the stimulating and electric atmosphere of the place, conspired to let him know that here was haven at last. The very practical approach to his problems, the absence of intolerance of any kind, the informality, the genuine democracy, the uncanny understanding which these people had were irresistible. He and his wife would leave elated by the thought of what they could now do for some stricken acquaintance and his family. They knew they had a host of new friends. It seemed they had known these strangers always. They had seen miracles, and one was to come to them. They had visioned the great reality, their loving and all-powerful creator. Well, I'm sharing on that second paragraph beginning with the very practical approach. And um, this program is so awesome. Janice, you better time me because I don't want to take the time to set my clock. Um, The fact that we are accepted by each other without any intolerance of any kind and then learn how to be tolerant of others and have, you know, no intolerance of any kind with others is just one example of the miracles that I'm experiencing. I can't say I'm there 100%, but um, it's a heck of a lot better than it ever was (laughs) before when I was in the food and uh, trying to run my life on my own. I I love the informality, the genuine democracy that um, they sculptured with the traditions that we all follow. And this word, uncanny understanding, I looked up uncanny and it means mysterious and supernatural. This program is mysterious and supernatural. (laughs) And that's how we wind up having a relationship with the higher power that, at least in my case, I never had before. Um, And it is irresistible. Um, Knowing that I might be able to help someone else who's stricken with the same debilitating disease I have of compulsive overeating um, does give me elation. And um, I do have a host of new friends 
that I would never have known otherwise that I can lean on and call and talk to and get together with and laugh with and cry with and figure things out with and pray with and um, take good orderly direction from. And um, let's see, there's so many miracles that have happened in my life as a result of working these steps. And I know that they'll continue and they're happening like as we speak. Um, And this word visions, they have visioned the great reality, their loving and all-powerful creator. I looked at, is it, did I run out of time, Jan? Oh, no, you got 35 (laughs) seconds. Oh, thank you. So I just want to tell you about that word visioned. Um, It also refers to direct mystical awareness of the supernatural, usually in visible form. And um, this program is supernatural. It really is. And it and the physical form of, of visioning our great reality, which is in capital letters, and our all-powerful creator also in caps, is that we see the miracles in ourselves and in each other and the people around us as a result of just surrendering to this work. And I guess I'm done. Thank you for listening. And thank you, Rebecca, for reminding me to get my time already here. Okay, we're open for um, if we'd like to comment on that last paragraph on page 116, beginning with the very practical approach. Who would Julie like to R. This Julie is Bella. Can I share? Chrissy G. Chrissy G. Well, can we can talk. Yep. <laughs> we can sing together, but we can't talk together. So what we're going to do is, I think I heard. I'll tell you who I heard. Uh, Julia, uh, was that you first, Julia? Uh, yes. Okay. Then I heard Charles H. Then I heard uh, I heard Larry K. I heard Bella. I heard Bella. And one more. Give me one more for now. For just this Lena. group. We have plenty of time. Amy G. Sue G. Let's Amy have Amy G. G. All right. We got, we got one group. We got another almost uh, three quarters of an hour. <laughs> All right. Julie R., it's your turn. Please go ahead. Hi. This is Julie R., recovered in California, um, compulsive overeater. This This paragraph is just so powerful because when it said that um, they could now do for some stricken acquaintance in his family that they knew a a host of new friends. They had seen miracles, and one was to come to them. They had to vision the great reality, their loving and all-powerful creator. You know, I got to meet some new people this weekend, and our fellowship is so powerful. We, I mean, there's nothing that can take away... Oops, somebody's in the dishes... Somebody cannot take away the strength that we have in numbers, and including, of course, you have to have God in the center. But I feel safe and protected. And I just look back when somebody came to me and to, get, and to give me the understanding of what the steps in the big book really meant. And when I got that, I was on fire. And then I'm able to share it with other people. I, I can share it at people that I don't even know. It's that good news. And my God is with me 24-7. And I can't tell you how excited I am to be alive today. Not just 
physically alive, but spiritually alive. I can do things that I never thought I could do before. I can go places and not be afraid of the food. Um, the airport was the main thing for me. I could just load up. I flew um, this weekend, and I'm going to fly next weekend. And it's a fun place for me now because I get to meet other people. But what's more exciting is that my creator goes with me all the time. And it's all because of this practical approach that somebody, when I was back in relapse again, came to me and talked to me about it. It's in the book, Clear-Cut Directions. We don't have any guesswork. So I just want to say, you know, that fourth dimension, I'm in that fourth dimension now. It doesn't mean I don't have any problems, but it's I am happy, joyous, and free, and it's all because of my all-loving, powerful creator. And with that, I'll pass. And thank you, Julianne. Okay, Charles H., it's your turn. Thank you, Janice, and for your service. Charles H., a recovered composable reader. I guess we got a, uh, this paragraph got a few folk elated um, this morning um, on a great Monday morning. It's a great day to be alive. And, uh, yeah, the elation, um, the elation we feel um, is it, just, it, you can't, I can't describe it. And I just want to drill down where it says uh, we found the great reality. Well, no, no, it doesn't. It says, excuse me, it says um, their team, they had visioned the great reality, their loving and all-powerful creator. Now, for somebody that don't, don't, um, is not a, a theological believer, um, something out there, something out there, um, you know, um, that's greater than, than, than a human, um, that great reality that they're talking about, and we is in we agnostics on page fifty five where it says we found a great reality deep down inside of us. The, I, I believe uh Bill is talking about um those fears um that, that was buried under my binge fools, those harms, those resentments that I had. It was all their fault. That's that that's the, that's something that's greater than me. And I have to continue to, to, to let that thing go on a daily basis. You know, page eighty five tells me that. We've seen miracles. I mean, people that I've hurt, I forgive them. I mean, even even when in the house, you know, we had a deacon being sat I'm just giving you an example. And I was able to get gut wrenched. I said, I hate church people. I said, you guys are phony, you're fake, and I'm talking about myself too. And we just got freed in there. No more. And that was a great reality. That was something out there greater than me. Being real, you know, I'm 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 a timid person. Like, just joking. But I am a timid person because how stupid was I? It was right in front of me all this time. That's the greatest thing I found out, that I was stupid. Because the great reality was under all the binge food all this time. Something out there greater than me was under the binge food. And um, I've seen a miracle when, you know, I, I wasn't afraid to say, you know what, guys? I don't like you guys. You know, um, I think you're fake, you're phony. Um we we want to go out to with pastor to preach, and you guys are unapproachable, and I'm unapproachable too, and I pray that God move this wall, this wall that I have. And how can I say I love something great out there that I can't see when I don't love you guys that I see every single day? And I'm talking about you guys on the line. I really love you. The one that's struggling, the one that thinks they know everything in the world, thank you. You both helped me. And the ones in between that, you both helped me. And that's the vision that we can get the power when we put down the 
when we get exposed to the great reality. And the only way you can get exposed to that is really being honest by putting down your bench foods, even if it got bear claws on it. And that's the elation that everybody on the line feels. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Janice, and for your service. And thank you so much, Charles H. Larry K. It's your turn. Uh, thanks, Janice. Good morning, Larry K. Recovered Compulsible Reader. So it says the uh, uh, the very practical approach to his problems, the absence of intolerance of any kind. I'm going to focus on that. The absence of intolerance. Um, I I'm grateful that when I came into the rooms, there was tolerance uh, for me as a human being. Um, tolerance is, you know, it's a fair, objective, and and permissive attitude towards my, you know, towards uh, opinions, you know, race, religion, nationality, even if it differed from someone else's. <clears throat> there was, <clears throat> excuse me, there was freedom from bigotry. Um, and I, that tolerant approach to this group was very attractive. Now, I want to draw a contrast to acceptance. Because sometimes, you know, I don't know if you're like me, but I can sort of, um, you know, put those two in the same, you know, place. Acceptance is a little different. Acceptance goes a step beyond tolerance. Acceptance moves beyond it to say, you know, in the direction to say that X is okay. And I also am grateful that, uh, that those, you know, that guided me through this program did not have acceptance of my behaviors um, because they knew different. They had experienced something different. That did not make them intolerant. See, they, could, they did not accept my behaviors. It wasn't okay, you know, for me to continue. If I wanted what they had and they were guiding me through this process to have a spiritual awakening, it wasn't acceptable to, you know, to dabble in this kind of stuff. Now, they could tolerate it. They did. They didn't kick me out because I wasn't wor- willing to work the steps precisely. And I continued to binge. You know, they tolerated me. But there was an acceptance to say that's okay. Not if you want to have a spiritual awakening sufficient to <clears throat> to, uh, to treat this two, the twofold nature of this illness. And sometimes I think what happens is, is we put those two words together, tolerance of the individual as a human being. Oh, we have that, no doubt. And acceptance of their behaviors. I'll always love my daughter. I'll always <clears throat> have a... To, you know, tolerance for her as a human being, but you know, behaviors don't aren't necessarily always acceptable. And you can you can you can have the loving kindness this group has. We don't just this isn't a this isn't a therapy group. It's therapeutic. Oh, it's therapeutic, but it's not a group therapy. This is a group therapy. Did I give you a hug all the way to your grave? That might be a tolerant approach, but that's not a helpful approach. So that's my thoughts on it, and with that, I'll pass. Thanks. And thank you, Larry Kay. Okay, Bella G., it's your turn. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Bella G., and I am a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Janice, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. Wow, such a wonderful, wonderful paragraph. Um, They had vision, the great reality, their loving and all-powerful creator, Yes, thank you, God, that now that I am, I am in the program and living the 12 steps one day at a time, I learn to live the reality and not to live in the past in anger and resentment and jealousy and not to live in the fear and anxious of the future. 
I learned to live in the reality, and how can it be? What is my reality? My reality is that I am connected to a loving and accepting God. And yes, by being connected, I learn to accept myself. And yes, God, my creator, created me as human, and he doesn't want, and he doesn't expect me to be perfect. And the, the will to be perfect is only my ego. And now, thank you, God, by living in the present, today this is my biggest present that I got, not to want to be perfect. Yes, it, did, it didn't disappear. Yes, I am sometimes there that I still believe that one day I will be perfect. But today, thank you, God, I have the tools. Today I am not sitting in, you know, alone and lonely because I didn't reach yet the perfect. Today I have the tools to deal with them. And thank you, God, today, I, you know, by being in the program, yes, I have the, the people that, that, that they are the same as me. And we all share our experience, strength, and hope. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. And thank you, Bella G. Okay, Amy, Amy G., it's your turn. Good morning, Janice. Good morning, everyone online. Thank you so much for your service. So nice to be on the line today. Mm. Uh, not a recorded girl. <laughs> so... Boy, the very practical approach to his problems. I mean, th this to me is, you know, we're told again and again in, in the big book that we have a spiritual malady, that we have lack of power, that we need a power greater than ourselves. And yet, how do we get there? We get there through a practical approach. You know, it's funny to me that to, in my search for a higher power, I had to get down to earth. I had to get down to business. I had to move forward into working these steps. And I had to find my higher power through action. And that's what this is. It's a practical approach. We have 12 steps. We have instructions, like Julie was saying earlier, that we must follow, that we have to do ourselves. And if we go to the chapter, there is a solution. It says here, the tremendous fact for every one of us is that we've discovered a common solution, common, practical. We have a way out on which we can absolutely agree and upon which we can join in brotherly and harmonious action. There's no secret code here, folks. This program works. The age of miracles is still with us. And that's the great reality that they're talking about here when people leave a meeting elated because they've heard the solutions. They have heard and seen recovery in people's eyes. You hear the elation, the electricity on the line, on this phone line for the vision for you that we have a solution to your problem. It is these 12 steps. It is this program of recovery. And when it talks about the uncanny understanding with which these people is irresistible, I hear that, and I heard that at my first meeting. It was electric to me. It was hope. It was identification. They knew and accepted me for who I was and where I was. And my only, my only requirement for membership was the desire to stop eating compulsively. Again, if we go to this chapter, there is a solution. It says there exists among us a fellowship, a friendliness, an understanding which is indescribably wonderful. We are like passengers of a great liner the moment after rescue from shipwreck when camaraderie, joyousness, and democracy pervade the vessel 
from steerage to captain's table. It's our joy, and then it goes on to say our joy from disaster continues on because then we carry the message to the still suffering, the next still suffering compulsive overeater. We have a spiritual malady, but a practical, a practical approach that gets us there. Thank God, because there's no other way I could have done it. And with that, I'll pass. Janice, we don't hear you. Well, thank you so much, Leah. Talking away. Okay, we're ready for another group. Who would like to be first? Who would like to be first? Lynette. Christy. I heard Christy. I heard Lynn. I heard Lynn S. I heard uh, Sue G. Deb W. Okay, Deb W. And I heard a Christy G, too, I think. Did I? Chrissy. Okay. Yes. Chrissy? Yes. Okay. Let's go with those five and we'll still have some more time. Okay. Chris G, it's your turn. Did I hear a Chris G? Oh, let's go to Lynn S. Good morning. This is Lynn S., a recovering compulsive reader in Toronto, Canada. This paragraph really speaks to me, but I'm looking beyond the food and beyond the initial uh, contact with OA and, and the members and stuff, and I'm looking at what's happening in my life right now. And I love the way in the big book there's so many sets of promises, of, of ideals, of um, principles that we get to live by this is really striking me right now, having a practical approach to my problems, not uh, a scared, fear-based, driven by rage or anger or fear or uh, cowering in a corner mentally trying to live with my problems, the absence of intolerance of any kind, and I'm only talking about intolerance to the people who are drinking, but I'm thinking of my own life and how this immediate judgment and the intolerance of every situation I find myself in or the intolerance of others is being lifted. The informality, which is huge for me, which means to me the ability just to be myself, not having to be different people for different situations. Genuine democracy, an uncanny understanding which these people had. And that's one of the things that I love when we're speaking to members. I was talking to somebody on the weekend, and we were just sort of saying, you know, we never would have met if it hadn't been for vision. And here we are. We don't even know each other, and we're talking about situations that are different in our lives, but the response, the immediate response, the thinking is the same. And what's so amazing is there is a solution that we can live by and we can share with each other where we do have an uncanny understanding of the situation at hand and how we can react differently. And it's, it's um, and being elated by the thought of working with others, of helping others, it, it's just an amazing, amazing journey. And it's changed so much for me, so radically, since I've become a daily listener to vision and hearing about the people who have what I want and how they work this program that's laid out in these previous pages. And this is what you get. And and it's amazing to be connected with a loving and an all-powerful creator 
and with others on the line. I am so grateful for this life that recovery has given me. I used to count my abstinence, and I even got medallions for being stark raving abstinent when I was struggling so hard. But now I can say I do have 25 months of recovery, which means, of course, the food is down. Of course, I'm abstinent, but I'm also recovering through working the 12 steps. And with that, I'll pass. And thank you, Lynn S. Okay, we have Sue G next. Sue, if you could just dial one. Go ahead, Sue. Sue G from Michigan, saved uh, and uh, recovered by the grace of God. Um, I I have a small group of people that come to that go to the vision meeting that call me and I call them and I have learned so much from these people about how to be tolerant of my family. Uh, I, you know, it's been the example that's been set for me and seeing how, what they go through and how they handle it. That, um, that these people are, you know, they're um, they're irresistible to me. They're, and then I have others that I can call at any time, and they're glad to hear me call um, when I really need to talk. And I had a, a react, you know, I had God, um, but. And I knew he was an all-powerful creator. But the reality, the great reality of what he can do in my life, what I'm allowing him to do now since vision, is a miracle. Um, For years, I thought I was leaning on God. But I was asking him to help me in the way that I wanted him to help me. So... um, I do have a host of new friends uh, that are closer to me than my family is. And I never understood that before when people would share that. But it's true. And now I reach out to others that, you know, that I can help and, and listen to and, and uh, be their family if they want. Thank you for letting me share. I pass. And thank you, Suji, for sharing. Okay, we have Deb W. Good morning. Good morning. This is Deb W. from Oklahoma. Yeah. What I was thinking about, you know, while others were sharing and uh, from the reading, it said a whole host of new friends. And and what do these new friends do for me, you know? Well, I know that when I pick up the phone call and I say hello, I know that they're going to be attentive automatically to me. You know, we kind of position ourselves according to which one called. We position ourselves so that we're there to listen to the person that's calling us. That's my deal. I'm I'm being asked to be attentive. The values that they share, the values that we both share, it's the same. You know, we believe the same way once we've been through the steps. 
Uh, they're ready and willing to remind me of my new way of living because I get off. I get off track. The train gets off the, tr the tracks for me a lot of the times. Um, I'm, I'm usually, I've forgotten who my dependence is that I'm dependent on. And, uh, and, and the whole point is that I am trying to get in that uh, perfect peace again through this power. Um, let's see, they're, they're familiar. They have been there. Their story may be different, but they're familiar with my dilemma. And it, it isn't just the, I wish it was. No, I don't wish it was. It's not just about the food because I put the food down. It's about life. You know, I step out of my problems when I say hello. My mind pauses automatically and transcends to an experience of the spiritual awakening. It's like the snapping of your finger. It's like I just, oh, okay, I wake up. You know, and, and later on it says we, you can stress the spiritual feature freely. So I, I looked up feature, and one of the identifying words was a trademark. And it's not just another human's conception. It's a basis of spiritual uh, living. You know, it's like we have a mark, a stamp. And I call that mark and stamp the third step. You know, the difference is we possess something unique. This feature is unique to anything else. You know, um, we step out of this world. Well, how in the world do we step out of this world? We go out of this world through our minds and our hearts. We invite the power that is a part of us to awaken and to have an active part of our lives on a daily basis, a nightly basis, rather than whenever I'm in trouble or whenever I choose to. And, and, and so, Mark, that stamp takes me back to the third step. That's what I did when I got to the third step. I offered myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thou will. Relieve me of the bondage of myself, that I may be better do thy will. Once again, I want your will. Take away my difficulties, that victory over them may bear witness to those I Not help myself, but those I help of thy power, thy love, thy way of life. May I do thy will always. We thought well before taking this step, making sure we were ready, that we could at last abandon ourselves utterly to him. That's my deal. I want to abandon myself daily, dependent on him. Thank you. Bye. Okay. Thank you, Deb W. Okay. Chrissy G. Good morning. Chrissy G. Recovered in New Jersey, and I would have gladly forfeited at least two of my meetings to keep hearing Deb W. I, I am feeling... I'm feeling... The reading today so much in my own life because I've I've been I've been blessed with having strong recovered people in my life able to keep me keep me on track and and I have to say that this this is it com is a hundred percent true what everyone who's so passionate um, explaining to people who maybe haven't experienced that spiritual awakening yet it's it's real. It's it's not just a fantasy. It's not just talk. And it's and the the good news is that I think the good news is that it's for everyone. And I know that the disease for me, I've noticed a pattern in 
addicts and, and people come into the program, you know, that, that moment of, like it says in the preamble about the being constitutionally incapable of being honest with yourself, like everyone could get this except for those people who constitutionally are incapable of being honest with themselves. And I, I think that that's a slim few, just like it's a slim few who actually really have thyroid problems and are overweight. Like, I, I feel like it's a it's a common thing for the addict to say, I am just incapable of being honest. But I don't think, I don't think that there's a lot of truth to that. I, I think that most of us are able to be honest if we choose to be. And that's, that's the good and the bad news. So we don't have an excuse when we come in here and it's hard. It's because we're choosing not to be honest with ourselves and say, I only need that part of the program. I don't need that part of the program. And, you know, I know I did that a la carte. You know, and I did, I did, did just enough to make me look like the perfect um, program person. You know, just, just in it enough. But there's so much more to it. There's the hours in between meetings and the hours in between speaking to people. It's, it's, there's just so much more. And I can't do it without the spiritual awakening. I can't pretend. You can't pretend a spiritual awakening, and you really, you, you really can't un, undo it once it's happened if you keep doing the work. With that, I pass. Thank you. And thank you, Chrissy J. Okay, we have another group coming up. Who would like to be next? Penny C. Reva right. P. Sarah W. Penny Reggie C. O. Leah M. Reva P. Sarah W. Leah M. I think there was one more. Reggie O. Yeah, that's who it is. Reggie O. Okay, let's go with Penny C. Good morning to you, Penny. Good morning. Thank you, Janice. And thank you, everybody that's um, called in. There's close to 300 people listening right now. Wow, um, and, and countless others that are listening to the recording later on. It, it's it's just amazing and wonderful. Um, I'm looking at the the what what they're saying right here about uh, this man and his wife would have um, would would leave elated by the thought of what they could now do for the stricken acquaintance and his family. They knew they had a host of new friends. And then it says, they had seen miracles and one was to come to them. We heard the same, the same message back in working with others in what has become probably my most quoted uh, paragraph. And that's the second paragraph in Chapter 7, Working with Others, where it says, life will take on a new meaning to watch people recover to see them help others, to watch loneliness vanish, to see a fellowship grow up about you, to have a host of friends. This is an experience you must not miss. We know you will not want to miss it. And so that's what these the uh, new people coming to the meetings at the home of uh, Dr. Bob and, and Ann that's what they were, were about to experience. And it all comes from the fellowship and with the, the, um, the determination that once we have recovered, we will work with others. There's more and more miracles to come. 
more and more for us to observe in others and for others to observe in, in us. And it's just a, a, it's just an amazing program. With the help of God, we're all, every single one of us, uh, has this to look forward to. And with that, I'll pass. And thank you, Penny C. Okay, Reva P., it's your turn. Good morning. It's Reva P., Grateful, Recovered, Compulsive Overeater in Toronto. As I'm uh, listening to the sharing on this paragraph, I'm reminding myself, you know, I didn't come in this program to vision the great reality. I came here because I could not get through 24 hours without um, trying to destroy myself every single day with copious amounts of food that were not healthy for me. I just could not stop. All my intellect, all my will, all my resolve just did not work. I came here to get the food in order, get out of here, and get on with my life. Um, But when I got here, I learned of the twofold nature of my illness. Um, I learned that I have this physical allergy um, and that I have a mental twist um, that gets me to seek ease and comfort through the power of food. Um, So it's only when I started becoming educated and realizing what my problem was and understanding what the solution was that I even was motivated to um, get to the point where I'm visioning this great reality. But what it's also reminding me, you know, vision is not just the sight. Like I know now what's the true from the false because I've accessed a power um, that I never knew how to access before. And envisioning this great reality doesn't come from the theory. It doesn't come from, um, like I always say, you know, meditating for 10 hours a day. It comes from a practical approach. That's the thing that floors me over and over. I don't control outcomes. I don't control, you know, goal weights. Um, I don't control people, any of it. I just do these little steps. It's like 12 little steps. And if I just do what they say, um, I get the same results. And practice means I'm doing something. I'm taking action. I'm not just analyzing and talking um, and affirmationing myself into positive thinking. That's not how it works. It's very practical, but it means I have to do it. So miraculous it is, but it's not magic. Um, I can't think my way into this. I have to do what I need to do. And with that, I pass. And thank you, Reva P. Okay, Sarah W., good morning to you. Good morning, Janice. Thank you for your service. Good morning, Vision. To you, Sarah W., very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Um, I wanted to focus in on the um, the first sentence um, where it says the very practical approach of to his problems, the absence of intolerance of any kind, the informality, the genuine democracy, and the uncanny understanding which these people had were irresistible. I think um, a warm and inviting meeting and when we, when we um, place ourselves uh, very authentically uh, being warm and inviting people are more likely. I really wanted to focus on the people that maybe have 
um, either broken their abstinence re recently or um, are just struggling and have been struggling a long time and saying that many of us have, that many of us have had a very, very rocky road in coming in. And for me, the reason I think that happens is, number one, I was not able to be rigorously honest. And I wanted to go back for a moment to the forward to the first edition where it says, and it doesn't say this anywhere else, it says the only requirement for membership is an honest desire to stop drinking, an honest desire to stop eating. And I think for me it was so hard for me to come to that place because all I wanted was to be thin. All I wanted was for my problems to be gone. And then I wanted to also go to the place where, of course, you know, the idea of talking about the the intolerance, you know, that, that love and tolerance is our code no matter what, no matter what people are doing. I'm sorry, but that's what I really believe. That doesn't mean I'm going to say keep eating, but I'm going to say, you know, you, that there is a way out. There truly is for anybody. And for me, what I believed all along was I didn't deserve it. I didn't deserve to be happy. I didn't deserve to have peace. That I was defective material and I didn't deserve anything good. And until I lost that and said, you know what? It, it can be for me too. When I had that hope that it can be for me in spite of where I've been, that's when good, great things happen. And the last thing I wanted to say was on page 55, it brings us to the place where it says, we found the great reality down within us. And that is the hope. We all have it in us. We just have to believe it. And with that, I can. You. And thank you, Sarah W. Okay, good morning to you, Leah M. Thank you very much. Exciting paragraph here. The very practical approach to his problems. And it speaks about... Uh, the uncanny understanding which these people had were irresistible. Um, you know, we've read about an electricity, and the electricity here, the attraction, is recovery. And that's true for meetings today. And that that's true for meetings like A Vision for You, where, uh, you know, members wrap the globe, and, you know, we all come from different backgrounds, different education levels, different race, uh, religions, um, and yet we come together standing in harmony on a common solution. Um, and we bring, just like this paragraph describes, a message from despair to triumph, from hopelessness to hope. Yes, we offer hope, but we also offer instruction, a very practical approach to his problems. And, you know, that's true today. Uh, you know, the members on, on this line this morning haven't necessarily solved all their financial problems. Some still may have some health issues. Uh, there may be some family uh, challenges. But for some unexplained reason, we're happy about it. We're okay. We're positive about it. It's because we uh, have changed from one personality to another, and there's no external reason for this change, so it must have taken place inside of us. And that's exactly what the program of recovery does. It rearranges us. It takes old ideas, emotions, and attitudes and casts them aside. And now we live with new ideas, 
emotions and attitudes that dominate us, and that's called a spiritual awakening. And that personality change sufficient to overcome compulsive overeating is possible. And how does that occur? Well, there are specific uh, practical approach and instructions to follow, and that occurs by submitting to the entire 12-step process, which means finishing one's amends, which means living daily in a consistent practice of inventory, of prayer and meditation, of practicing of principles and service to other people. So we have a whole new game plan of living. We've abandoned our old way of living, and now we have a new way of living. And instead of craving the contents of a cellophane bag and a bakery box, today I have the desire to cleave to a power greater than myself and to have a godly purpose that is actually the very motivator that propels me forward in this spiritual journey and propels all of us forward, motivating us, invigorating us to bring greater goodness to our loved ones and to those who still suffer. And hence, that's the passion that you hear on the line. And with that, I pass. Thanks. And thank you so much, Leah M. And good morning, Reggie, Reggie O. Hi, good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Boy, what a what a paragraph! This is this has really been amazing, and I, you know, thinking about about my journey just the past what uh, just over three months in vision since I started listening after many many years many many years in program, um, and I have gone through the steps multiple times. But what happened? What happened was that I didn't really complete them, and once uh, I didn't really complete step nine, and I didn't continue like looking that this is the way that this is a way of life. You know, this is, I do the steps every single day. And, you know, there's something that I've learned in, in, in division rooms is that it, that there is, that there is, this is a solution. And the solution is to, is a practical approach to my problems and everyone's problems. And that is through the program of action that are in the 12 steps. And if there's not a single thing when I think about it, there's not a single thing that happens in my life or my mind that cannot be handled by uh, this, this approach. And because I'm human, these are going to come up, you know, all the time. I used to think when I, I used to think that the idea was to get to perfection and then I could just kind of cruise and, you know, relax about everything. But, you know, it's, it's about doing it. It's just about doing it. And I remember the first time I read uh, what people have referred to that, you know, we found that great reality deep within us. I remember how I felt when I first read that. It's like, oh, it's there. You know, that's, that's where it is. It's inside me. Uh, and the, the only way that I can really experience that, which I believe is the spiritual awakening for me, is when I uh, is when I experience that reality inside me. It's living, breathing, and I can, you know, I can be intimate with, you know, I can be intimate with my God, you know. And but that it, for me, it took a lot of it took a lot of uh, takes took a lot of uh, self conscious praying, you know, taking the action of praying, taking the action of turning to God, taking the action of, you know making the decision, but I needed to do it over and over again. And it's, you know, at some point, you know, it, that, that is living inside me now and, uh, and not all the time, but it's always there for me to turn to. Um, I, um, I don't know what else really to say about that, except what, that was the last thing is I'm in the process of completing my ninth step this time. And there are, um, there's one amends that I have, uh, there's one amend that's been, this amends that has been on every night step that I've done, and 
have not complete, that did not complete, and one that's been on probably the last three or four. And I have uh, picked up and relapsed over and over again, and I am seeing, you know, that this has to, I have to complete these, you know, I have to complete these because they're they're living inside me, they're keeping me from the great reality inside me, keeping me from my God, and therefore I'm out there, you know, with the food again, trying to solve my problems in a particular way. So I just want to say uh, how grateful I am and, uh, yeah, just grateful that this, this meeting happens and for the recovery and the and all the people on this program who who are uh, what's that elated in in thinking and doing what they now can now do for the rest of you know for other people. So thanks, and I'll pass. Well, well, thank you, Reggie O, and thank everyone who has shared. You know, so please join us uh, for our second unrecorded hour of study immediately following this closing. We will now close with the reading from the Big Book, and that's on page one sixty four. Followed by the serenity prayer. Will Becky B. please read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Um, no, I didn't mean Becky. I apologize. Uh, it would be Lisa, right? Lisa B. <laughs> Which she didn't read. Okay. Can you hear me? How about Camelogy? I'm here. Can you hear me? This is Lisa. Please go ahead, Lisa. I am so sorry. I wasn't ready. I didn't know that I was reading a vision for you. I was prepared for the paragraph in the big book, and I don't have it open. So if someone else could take it, I would so appreciate it. Okay. How about Kamala G? Are you available? Thank you. You're welcome. Kamala G? Can I help you, Janice? I'm here. It's Kamala G. Okay. I could do it. I have a, well, okay, we'll have. Oh, thank you for everybody. But anyway, Carmela G, go ahead. Okay. Good morning. This is Carmela G uh, from New York. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask Him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults and to your fellows. Your path. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of destiny. May God bless you and keep you until the